Buckeye Imagination Museum is the destination for whole family fun. Bring all of your kids for imaginative and competitive play. From toddlers to teens, there's something for everyone. Little ones can shop, bank, and go out to eat. And your older ones will enjoy the racing laser tunnel, arcade games, six-person air hockey table, mini golf, and so much more. Grab something from the snack bar and stay all day. Plan your visit to Buckeye Imagination Museum today at BuckeyeImaginationMuseum.org. Halfway between Cleveland and Columbus in downtown Mansfield. There's a reason Bowling Green State University is ranked number one in Ohio for student experience. Our in-demand degrees and life design program prepares students for their first career and their next. With an unparalleled support system at a national research university, BGSU offers an unrivaled experience, all on a vibrant campus in one of America's best college towns. It's also why Bowling Green State University is the number one school in the Midwest that students would choose again for the fourth year in a row. You are now listening to the Going Deep Podcast with your hosts, Kevin Massari and Mike Bunt, live from the Cover One Sports Network. Here we go. Welcome into a new edition of the Going Deep Podcast. I'm your host today, Kevin Massari, here with Mike Bunt to break down the Bills 53-man roster. Lots of action today in Bills land, in the NFL land, across the country we got a lot to talk about we got some predictions to go over mike and i picked our rosters last week we'll see how we did uh both ways we got our guest producer coming on uh later in the show so we're looking pretty pretty excited to go through some of this stuff mike how are you feeling on this tuesday cut down day special edition going through it all what's your opinion i'm pretty excited it's been a fun day from morning to now Early evening, a lot of talk on social media about some of the the moves, especially the Boogie Basham trade uh, early this morning. So a lot of opinions, a lot of hot takes, and exciting for us, a lot to talk about this evening. We're excited to be here, Mike. It's it's a great addition to be here for. It's one of my favorite. There's been cuts around the league. We're going to get into some cuts and waiver moves that I want to see that the Bills make. Uh, there's definitely some interesting names. Do they add a linebacker? Do they add a line uh, another offensive lineman? They go running back. What can the Bills do possibly with some of the, the big name waivers that we've seen? Uh, does feel like the Bills are in the market for a waiver wire player. We'll see if that comes to fruition. But first and foremost, I wanted to bring up the official cuts that just came in. I mean, really, 30 minutes ago. This hasn't been – there's a few names on here that we hadn't seen up until 30 minutes ago. We had some sources – uh, from players that we knew that made the team. I know Shaq had told us that he made the team. I know Alec Anderson, Ryan Vandemark. We had some players across cover one were able to tell us uh, previous to the announcement. So we had some idea of most of these names. But you see here, um, nothing crazy shocking, Mike, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bounce the ball to you. Anything immediately jump out? Also, the Bills traded Boogie Basham today. Obviously, everyone saw that with a seventh-round pick next year in 2025 uh, for a 2025 sixth-round pick. So basically, peanuts on the dollar, more or less saving about $1.2 million. It's not a ton of money, especially considering you need to, to roster his replacement, in this case, Kingsley Jonathan, at about eight hundred k. You know, there's not really a cash savings there a little bit this year. Uh, and then obviously you would save him next year, you know, his salary next year, about $2 million. Uh, so that it wasn't really a cash move. It wasn't really a pick move more or more or less Kingsley. Jonathan beat him out was on my final roster prediction. 
Um, but Mike, how are you feeling? Any any of these names jump out to you immediately? Not really, Kev. I, I would say if one player stands out a, a little bit, it would be AJ Klein. And that's not really because of what he brings to the table, more so uh, the situation at middle linebacker with Dodson struggling during the preseason with Terrell Bernard uh, dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, this, I think, is an indication that they feel more comfortable with Bernard uh, entering the season than what m- many people may uh, think. But outside of that, not a ton. We all know Reed Ferguson is uh, going to be part of this team, that this was just a cut um, for basically putting a few players uh, on, on IR and he'll be back uh, in a day or two. But the rest of the guys that were cut that we see here, for the most part, expected, uh, in my opinion. Is there a chance Andy Isabella could come back with the news that Justin Shorter will be on in-season IR? Maybe. Could any of these guys be promoted? Uh, definitely during the season with a lot of these guys eventually being practice squad players on the bills. Yeah. I mean, there's been, uh, there's a couple of guys that you got to immediately jump to. It's Kingsley Jonathan, what he was able to do with his pressure rates this preseason. He was one of the best players in preseason. Uh, Eric Washington, the pseudo defensive coordinator who we've talked about on the show, doing the press conferences, Pointed to him pretty exclusively. Another guy they really liked was Cameron Klein. I thought there might have been a role for Cameron uh, Cameron Klein last minute. Looks like he'll be a preferred practice squad member um, and really be someone that could compete for a job. But Kingsley Jonathan's got to do it. He kind of keep his job in four weeks. Von Miller comes back. The thing about PUP, he was placed on the reserve PUP. Um, that is a list that you'd be on for four weeks. You cannot practice with the team. So you have to come back. Will you be ready week five? Not likely. Is it with Von Miller's stature and what he's been able to do? Do you see him on the earlier end, like week five, week six? Probably. It does It does seem like he was very close. They took it down to the last minute. Um, you know, he should be ready in four weeks. When do they work him in? Will they work him in for week five? We're not sure yet. Or will he need another two to three weeks to get going? So that's kind of the biggest thing to consider when it comes to that spot and then whose spot will be taken is it kingsley jonathan right away it's going to be interesting will it be probably most likely an early season injury from somewhere yes uh by all accounts balen specter made the roster i didn't see him making the roster i do think he was protected by the ir injury basically they have reed ferguson in the parking lot waiting so he'll be back with the balen specter ir and now justin shorter with this quote-unquote hamstring injury is that a red shirt or at least an early season red shirt? We don't know. He's going to the IR, short-term IR, leaving an open spot. Will that go to Andy Isabella? That's the question of the day. Will it go, it's the most seamless addition. However, they're different players. Uh, so will it go right to Andy Isabella? Khalil Shakir seems safe. It seemed like he was safe from the start. Pretty easily entrenched in that fifth wide receiver spot. So good for him. We'll see him on game days now with an active roster jersey. Who will be gunning? It looks like Saran Neal made the cut. Did any... Anything go down to the wire there with Saran Neal? He is on the roster as a gunner. And also Cam Lewis. You'll see them both active on game days, uh, both playing a big pivotal role on special teams. I got Cam Lewis. Mike, you had Saran Neal on your roster. Uh, They both made it. Um, So very interesting to see out of that note. Uh, But the special teams still affected this a little bit. But you saw AJ Klein get released. Will he get signed with that Justin Shorter spot? I don't think so. I had five linebackers predicted. Um I just had A.J. Klein over Terrell Dodson, a guy that I just didn't want to see on the football field. Unfortunately, the contract status mattered. I went away from my contract prediction like I did for a lot of these, and he is guaranteed 
the majority of his contract, AJ Klein wasn't. The Bills said we're going to pay Terrell Dodson anyways. Is there really a big difference between the two? Not really. We're going to keep Dodson on the roster, a guy that ran first team all preseason because of the Bernard injury. Uh, but that doesn't mean he's going to suit up week one. Doesn't even mean he's going to be active on game day. Could just mean he's a special teamer. Could mean he's scratched or anything in between uh, with that prediction. With Dorian Williams being a little bit nicked up, Mike, I expect Dodson to be active on game day. It's just who's going to get that starter spot. Will Terrell Bernard be back full strength and ready to have not only the starting spot to be able to call plays for Sean McDermott uh, and Butler and Eric Washington's defense. So we're going to have to see how that all plays out. There's a lot to consider at the middle linebacker position. Do the Bills go out and make a move there, Mike? That's the first point of of, of topic. Bale Spector going to IR. AJ Klein probably is a vet on the practice squad. Will the Bills make a linebacker move, whether it's Christian Kirksey, Deion Jones? Do you see them do or a waiver claim? Do you see them doing anything? It's certainly possible. I, I don't know at this point if I would make a bet that they're going to go out and get somewhere or not, someone or not, because I know Christian Kirksey was the talk of the town yesterday after he got released by the Houston Texans. And yes, there are some intangibles that would be intriguing uh, if you want to bring him on board. But is he a noticeable upgrade if you bring him to Buffalo? Probably not. You're talking about a guy that has been in the league for a while and for the most part has been an average to maybe below average player. I I know we are a little bit meh on uh, PFF grades here uh, at Cover 1, but he's been graded in the 40s three of the past five years. Now, with a guy like Tyrell Dodson or similar guys like that, we would – throw those guys out of Buffalo in a second as a fan base. So it's kind of hypocritical if we're saying we're tired of AJ Klein, we're tired of Tyrell Dodson. And then we're like, bring on Christian Kirksey because you really are getting a limited linebacker at this point of his career. So could they make it work with him and Bernard? Maybe. Um, But I don't know if you're really getting anything great uh, with an addition like that. So I believe the plan the whole time has been Dodson and Terrell Bernard since the draft. When uh, Once we knew in free agency they weren't going to be able to get a guy like Drew Tranquil or Levante David or anyone in addition to that, I believe the plan has been Bernard and Dodson. Now, Dodson's play has led me to doubt him, and I thought he could even possibly get cut. And then Bernard being out the entire preseason brings a lot of unknowns. Is he ready? Can he take over the role? Well, we'll just have to wait till week one. If he's healthy, are the Bills going to trust him in a starting spot right away? Or are they going to want him to prove it in a backup role through part of the season before giving him a promotion? And much was talked about this decision. Was it a helter skelter? Was it a not a not a real good plan? I, Mike, you're right. I think this is always the plan from day one. Terrell Bernard's the starting middle linebacker, in my opinion. Is it going to be week one? I can't say that for sure. I do think you see that at some point relatively early on in this season. And Dodson was always the veteran backup. That was always the plan. He beat out Klein conceivably. He got a contract that was bigger than Klein's. That was the plan. It was just he just got forced into all the action in the preseason. Didn't perform ad- admirably, in my opinion. He had some struggles. He had some struggles tackling. He overpursued. He was rough in the screen game. Um, you know, maybe some of the coverage issues weren't only him. They were some of the safeties as well. It's not just his fault, especially when the Bills drop in a quarter's coverage. That's not just Terrell Dodson's responsibility. But even still, it just looks like it is. And the eye test is, is just doesn't pass with him. Now, 
tape and analytics and other things can can go away from the eye test when it comes to Terrell Dodson, but not to me. Like I don't have anything that points to to him being a starting level middle linebacker. It was the Bills' plan. He's the backup to me. I think Dorian Williams is in the plan as well. Will they get Specter back at some point this season? Most likely, but I think it's it's Terrell Bernard's job. It's Terrell Bernard's job to lose. Will he suit up to week one? I still believe so, uh, but we'll have to see if the Bills think he's up and ready. I think he practices as soon as this week and gets close to two weeks ready. I think that's enough time, especially have he did have an entire – it's not like he's been hurt. He had the entire preseason right before uh, week one of preseason. So he did go through a whole training camp, looked good. Um, and uh, the biggest topic of the day to me, Mike, was the Boogie Basham trade and did the Bills not get enough for him? And something that I put out on uh, Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, earlier today was uh, some stats compiled by Uber here at Cover One, and I kind of formulated into a table. Brandon Bean's the third best per value, uh, draft value rating, number three. Uh, he struggles in the second round, so it's kind of exacerbated. Uh, but you see he's very solid across the board in the majority of rounds. That number, that round two will go up a little bit uh, once you factor in James Cook and Osiris Torrance. Uh, they are not factored into this. Might go down just a little bit with Kyrie Elam based on how that turns out with the round one. But the majority of these rankings will improve. Will the round three and maybe even improve if Terrell Bernard is the starter? It very well could. Were these numbers shocking to you as you see how well Bean has actually, and this isn't even his pro personnel department, is this shocking to you as you see his 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 raw data and what he's been able to do with his draft value rating? Not at all, Kev, and mostly because narratives don't always line up with reality. I feel like it's been an easy narrative uh, in recent years to pile on Brandon Bean for missing on picks, but we forget how loaded this roster is and how he built this team. Now, some people want to believe it's just Josh Allen and him carrying the rest of the squad, but that's just simply not true. Now, you you pointed out the second round has been pretty brutal uh, for Bean throughout his regime in Buffalo, and I think because you expect second round picks to be impact players and more early on than later on, uh, that leads to a lot of people uh, being disappointed. But you looked at the first round grade, number six in the league for draft value uh, with where they're picking. So he is making sure that these first rounders normally are contributing. Obviously, uh, still a lot to learn on Kair Elam. That's been a little bit of a struggle early on uh, and one that is recent in our heads. But you go to the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, uh, there have been some good picks. Uh, the fact that we've seen guys like DeMar Hamlin contributing, that we've seen Dane Jackson contributing, a Christian Benford, a Taron Johnson, a Matt Milano, uh, a Gabe Davis, uh, there, uh, Dawson Knox, a converted quarterback to tight end who didn't have one touchdown his entire college career being a top 10 tight end uh, in the NFL. There is a track record of success. And even when we were talking about uh, a guy like Greg Rousseau, when he was drafted late in the first round, a lot of Bills fans had never even heard of the guy and, and didn't like the pick right away. Well, he's turning out to be a, a stud defensive end, which is not something that you can just guarantee uh, when you're picking late in the first round. Boogie Basham is definitely a disappointment. He didn't pan out. It sucks. And there's been other ones like Zach Moss and Cody Ford that haven't panned out either. And those are fresh in our heads. But we have to remember, no GM is batting 1,000 when uh, it comes to hitting on all of their picks. And the, the fact is, a lot of these GMs miss on a lot more picks than what we, we assume. So 
when you're only pointing out the negative ones, you're not really giving enough credit for some of these later round picks that have been uh, hit. And I know it's uh, a long time ago, but Josh Allen, we forget how polarizing a prospect he truly was when he went seventh overall in 2017, uh, 2018, pardon me. So, yeah, I, I think that that graph that you were showing, Kev, is true and does show that for where they are picking, he does have some success. And that doesn't, like I said, take blame from some of the misses, but I can accept uh, a miss or two here or there um, when in the long run he, he does hit more uh, than when he whiffs. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's pretty simple. Like per statistics and value and how well they play per football, pro football reference has a value statistic that they use based on their games played. There's statistics in terms of uh, probabilities of win percentage and war, similar to baseball. Um, and they, they factor that in their DVR. And then it's factored into the team's overall, you know, per round, as we see there, the team's actually been really good at drafting. They've also been really good in the pro personnel department that we've not factored. They can get players on good values, much below their contract rates. We laugh at spot track when it comes to Damian Harris, but his rate was production and his rate were higher than what he got paid. So that's an example of the pro per uh, personnel Puna Ford. His production is higher than what he got paid. So these are all things that the GM is willing to structure deals and get players on his team uh, and scout them appropriately. He's obviously hit on future uh, our past free agents. Uh, actually, Daryl Williams was actually a huge hit. I know he had he kind of struggled at the end of his tenure here. Uh, he got that uh, new contract and kind of didn't didn't work out. He's just kind of moving to right guard, right tackle. But he was really good at right tackle for a while. Uh, that's why the Bills, you know, didn't really have a huge hole that they kind of drafted Spencer Brown there. Spencer Brown's huge for the formula. It's huge for everything. Spencer Brown kind of factors in all of this. He's another person in that round three number that could drastically increase it or it could start to decrease it. So he's a really big player to watch this season because if you get a $1 million salary for three straight years of starter starting every game pretty much, that's a huge hit. Like, he's got to start playing better. He does. Um, but he's played pretty well this preseason. I mean, Bill's interior O-line is a major upgrade this year. So hits across the board. So that's really something to consider when you see these. Like, you, you want to hit on 100% and you just kind of feel for it. You know, at the end of the day, based on how AJ Epinesa plays this year, the Bills basically made him untradeable. You know, I heard earlier a couple of weeks ago the Bills were shopping um, uh, young defensive ends. And it was kind of the talking points. It was kind of trendy. I didn't know what to do with that information if it was just a player telling me that because they were um, thinking about their job. But it, it made sense that that Bean was was trying to trade from this position of, of strength. And basically what the Giants said was, you guys have a lot of DNs. Like, you like uh, Jonathan Kingsley, uh, Kingsley Jonathan. Like, you're not going to 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 release him. So you got to do something here. We're just going to wait for it. Uh, you got to make a move. And we'll, we'll, they've done it before with Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, you know, they've picked up plenty of Bills players, whether it's, you know, Nick McLeod or Tommy Sweeney, uh, whoever it may be we'll wait for you to cut them. So that's why the compensation's low because the, they knew that the bills had a position of strength and that ultimately he's only going to be worth so much. Um, so the basic of the bills are like, fine. Like, yeah, you got us like in a way, like we do like the depth here. Uh, we're going to put Cameron Klein through to the practice squad. Um, and you know, if it's Johnny, like we want Jonathan. So we're going to have to, to allow Boogie Basham to go at a minimal value. Uh, and that's, that's essentially, you know, what happened because of how well that they've kind of stocked this defensive end room um, and really built this up. And you're going to get an influx on week five, week six with Von Miller coming back. Uh, so it's exactly what you're looking for. He's got to sit out four weeks. Remember, you cannot practice for any of those four weeks. It's not IR. IR, you can kind of practice a window early. You have 21 days 
after the four week mark to come back. So you can be activated right on day one. Uh, there's nothing, there's no rule against that. You could be activated right away, maybe be act inactive on game day. Uh, it doesn't really make a ton of sense to do that, but you could, um, or you could, you know, just take limited snaps or something. He's a, he's one of the pros of all, all, you know, hall of fame pros. So with someone like him, it's different than like uh, a different player on PUP um, that might need another couple weeks of ramp up, but generally Von Miller is going to be ready to go. So I think he's on the, the closer end of week six, but even uh, Josh Allen today said on a podcast that he, expect Vaughn back week five. You know, we, we've heard this kind of stuff this entire, when it comes to Vaughn, but um, that was very interesting to hear. I don't know if Josh was kind of just, I mean, I, mean, I think Kev, Vaughn was aiming to be back for the reg. The reg I think he was, it was close too. And, and there was talk that it was going down to the wire. We all know there was a setback in mid August that probably was ultimately the decider that pushed him to pup, but there was a chance going into training camp that we could have seen him week one. Now, I think ultimately this is for the best that he's going to be on Pup uh, since it gives him a little bit more time to heal, get to full strength, while also getting to see what we, what we can get out of a guy like Kingsley Jonathan. The Bills paid the price last year for putting him on waivers, and he ended up getting claimed. Comes back, he's dominating in, in preseason when he's playing. Kingsley Jonathan has deserved to make this Bills roster, and I'm actually excited to see what he can do given the opportunity. One of my favorite players of this preseason, as you guys know, last week, I had him on my preseason. Check it off. Um, I had Dodson cut and I had Saran Neal cut. Both did make the roster um, as, you know, some of my some of my misses. But uh, ultimately, I got almost the exact defensive roster that I was looking for. Um, so that was that was pretty, pretty good to see that. I, I, I really listened to Eric Washington really light up when he talked about, you know, Kingsley Jonathan. And he did the same thing with Klein. And I the bills really probably don't want to put him on waivers. He is definitely someone that has a talent. He plays special team that could get claimed by a bottom tier team. Will he, I don't know, but if players get claimed just like with Jonathan last year, it's at the defensive end and offensive, uh, the offensive line positions. That's what will get claimed. Not everybody's favorite receiver, not everybody's favorite running back or quarterback. It's these defensive end positions where you can double up with special teams and linebackers do get claimed more than other positions too. So, uh, defensively, I think people feel that you can come in and contribute right away. And that's why, you know, there's definitely some more likely, uh, claims at those. So we'll see Klein's is expected to be through into the practice squad. So is Isabella, probably Klein, um, you know, and, um, one of my favorites, Richard garage is supposed to be the 10th offensive lineman on this team. They didn't need to roster 10, especially with the resurgence of Alec Anderson. And we all got, you know, Ryan Vandemark, right. Um, as well on the roster. Did you have Ryan Vandemark, Mike? I did have Ryan Vandermark. Okay, I go. feel dumb not having Alec Anderson just because the tea leaves kind of changed right after our show last week. He was probably my first guy off the team uh, during yeah. the show last Tuesday. And then Wednesday, like Thursday, he had a late started, surge though. We, yeah, I was told about that time last week. that When he, he played right tackle during the preseason game, that's yeah. when I knew he's a lock. You're not trying him out at right tackle uh, just yeah. for, uh, for giggles, you're, you're doing that because you want to see how he can handle almost every position on the line. And I know this has kind of become a popular talking point, uh, but for fans that aren't as familiar with Alec Anderson, there is a good chance he could be transitioning in the future into what Ryan Bates currently is on this Bills team. Uh, yeah. you, you look at Mitch Morse, what is his long-term future with the Bills, especially his concussion uh, problems that he's had over his career? There's a reason Bowling Green State University is ranked number one in Ohio for student experience. Our in-demand degrees and life design program prepares students for their first career and their next. With an unparalleled support system at a national research university, 
BGSU offers an unrivaled experience, all on a vibrant campus in one of America's best college towns. It's also why Bowling Green State University is the number one school in the Midwest that students would choose again for the fourth year in a row. What's it going to be today? Skyline three-way or cheese conies? Hmm, that's a tough one. I know. Give me a Skyline three-way and cheese conies. Problem solved. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. Ryan Bates, he's the backup center. There's a good chance Bates will be the starting center on this team in the future at some point in time. And when that happens, it's a likely transition for Alec Anderson to take over the role that Bates is currently occupying, where he could fill in at either guard spot, fill in at center, uh, and even uh, possibility of getting some reps or time uh, at right tackle if ever necessary. Yes, so putting Vaughn on PUP does help the Bills save somebody like Kingsley Jonathan. That is a whole idea there is that he's not going to be ready to play for a few weeks anyways. Let him rehab, let him do that. Although he's not allowed to do team, it is Vaughn, Hall of Fame, Miller. He doesn't necessarily need to be in the rooms, so activating him doesn't make as much sense as it could with someone else that might use those practice, uh, team practice reps. He's basically makes helps Bean make roster decisions, you know, jokingly, but he does. Um, so yes, you do save a, a talented player like Jonathan. You don't have to expose to waivers. You want to see what you get from him. If there's any injuries, he's now on the roster and ready to go in game uh, with the five defensive ends. Uh, so the Bills feel pretty good about being able to stash a really good looking defensive end prospect who was a UDFA from Syracuse last year who got clinged. So people see the talent in him. They had to protect him. That's part of the reason why you would make a move like that. Uh, we're really excited to bring up our, our producer of our show. Um, that's going to be exciting to get Kevin Syracuse's takes here just in a minute. Um, but have to have a chance to mention our show sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Pick'em is one of the best and funnest things that I've ever experienced. I want to tell you about the easiest way to get some action on the NFL. It's Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite or least favorite player uh, stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your Pick'em entry. Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the code COVER1 and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Really cool fantasy stuff. Now, welcome to the show, Kevin Syracuse. Kevin, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Cover One Podcast Sports Network, and welcome to the Going Deep Podcast. How are you feeling here on Cutdown Day? I'm feeling pretty good, and uh, thank you for having me, and hey to everyone in here. I see some familiar fans that I've seen before from my previous podcast, but uh, definitely excited to be here with you guys to talk about this special cut down day. Anything jump out to you with the moves? I know you were like Mike in a way you were fairly base standard. You went, you know, more likely favorites to make the roster a few upsets on the roster, obviously, as we've gone over, but anything immediately jump out to you, any position groups or players that you saw that, that, that sparked your interest or that you shocked you or any, anything. Nothing that really surprised me. I think it was pretty standard for Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. I've been one that's been talking about trades a lot over the last week because this was a sixth out of seventh training camp where Brandon Bean has acquired someone, or I should say flipped someone to acquire an asset. And the only year that he did not was 2020, and that was months after they acquired Stefan Diggs. So every single year, even going back to their first year together in the McBean era, six out of seven training camps, they have helped shave off their roster to get to 53 players by 
trading away someone and trying to get something back instead of just outright cutting Boogie Basham or Cody Ford. Because that Cody Ford trade now is really interesting where it turned into Justin Schroeder, Alex Austin, who got cut today, and a six-round pick next year. So I was really interested when I was doing some research here. I mean, uh, two years ago, 21, Daryl Johnson turned into Christian Benford. And Christian Benford could be the starting cornerback opposite Trey White in 13 days. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting note, Mike. I mean, Christian Benford's a guy I pointed out not as a roster person, bubble person to watch, but I said earlier in preseason to watch him to have a late surge to take that cornerback two job. Looks like he did. I mean, if you if you were to predict today, Mike, are you is he corner? No, you know, no if ands or buts. Do you put him corner two? Or are you going danger? It looked like he I, solidified with that film that he put out. Cornerback two of the Buffalo. Bills. I will say Christian Benford was impressive. I would have no issue with him being cornerback two going into the regular season. I don't know what to really take out of him starting uh, the final preseason game. Obviously, Boogie Basham was also starting. Uh, during that game, and that was more to maybe try to showcase him and increase his value uh, heading into cutdown day. I still think Dane Jackson is your gonna is gonna be your number two corner heading into uh, the regular season. But if there's any slip ups, if there's any uh, faulty play through a couple of weeks, I, I think Christian Benford is an easy guy to then slot in as your corner two going forward. And and that's one of the reasons why I'm not as upset about what has happened with Kyer Elam. I know a lot of fans are fixated on him being the number four corner and not living up to uh, his draft pick uh, in even the Bills trading up to get him. But they also had another starting caliber corner that they got out of that pick, uh, out of that draft. And when you do hit on a sixth rounder, the way it looks like they've hit on Christian Benford, that does ease the pain a, a little bit. With this, the current room where you have Dane Jackson on one more year, you can still let Benford and Elam battle it out for another year and really see who wins the position going into next year, assuming that Dane Jackson is no longer on the team at that point. And then whoever loses it could either be depth or it could be a trade piece uh, in the future. So I'm excited about Benford. I, I, the first play in the preseason game, uh, the third down and 10, when he had the pass breakup, I thought that was impressive. And then the open field tackle on Justin Fields, who's one of the, the more uh, dynamic athletes in football who is able to break anyone's uh, ankles to bring him down in space. I thought that really showed the type of guy Christian Benford can be. And I do think he could be uh, a decent above average corner in this league. Yeah, I mean, shocker, would you ever, like, here's a shocking scenario. What what about if they rolled out for some reason, they liked the match, and they just rolled out Kyrie Elam week one? Like, that would be just the total shocker scenario of everything we've all talked about on this show included uh, of a situation. So, you know, Sean McDermott makes every takes every chance that he can to let you know that it's still an open competition. They wanted to find a start. It's going to be interesting to see. He then caught himself and said, you know, we might rotate one to two guys in each game. Um, so it's going to be really an interesting play how that all works out. And if someone's a hot hand, they can take the job in game. And that's where Kyer Elam does excel, where the pads are on, the lights are on, and it's the it is the biggest moments of the game. They do he does seem to show up. So we'll see how this all plays out. Um, I do like the comment that Kevin looks like AJ Epinesa. That was that was that was very uh, that was very eye opening to me. AJ Epinesa down there on the screen, the producer producer AJ Epinesa. Um, that's. <laughs> That goes with everything, but Kevin, you can follow Kevin and all of his work 
at Kevin underscore Syracuse. So please make sure you do. He'll be contributing to all the Cover One Network as uh, and the producer of this show. Um, you'll see him on screen the majority of shows. Um, but as we continue, we didn't talk about backup quarterback. Props to all of us. 40 minutes in, we didn't even bring up backup quarterback like we do on most shows. Um, but it's got to come up. You know, unfortunately, Matt Barkley had the elbow IR. He cannot play for the Bills this year unless he agrees to an injury settlement and then sits out that amount of weeks plus double to come back on the team. I think that's about it for Matt Barkley. Maybe he goes to the practice squad as a player's coach or something. Bills have to sign a quarterback. They have to, whether to the active roster or the most likely scenario to the practice squad, going to happen. Uh, there were some interesting names out there today, Bailey Zappi. Um, you know, Cunningham from, you know, so you got some younger guys. Uh, you've seen Max Duggan. I mean, you've seen um, your favorite, you know, Nathan Rourke. Um, you've seen, you know, just just seriously, Colt McCoy. You've seen a plethora of different style of quarterback like I thought would happen at a position where all these guys are getting waived. Um, you know, there's been talk about whence is he going to the Chiefs? Will he play? Is he a locker room? You know, is he bad in the locker room? There's so you could go as high end as you possibly can. Like, I do think you see a move tomorrow at the quarterback position. I don't know that it's to the active roster. Wouldn't be shocked to see him someone signed to the active roster with one of those IR spots or even cutting Allen to the and Allen being the practice squad quarterback because no one's going to pick him up. Sorry. Um, so especially with all these names that are that are currently available, Mike, which way? We'll start with you, and then I'm going to go to Kevin. What way do you want to see the Bills go at this? You just whatever punt on it, go with, uh, with Kyle Allen, or do you want to get it? Like, do you like? I'd like to see Bailey Zappi get a chance. Like, where where do you stand in this hole, which we'd have to probably claim and put on your roster? So, where do you stand with this backup quarterback position? There are some intriguing names at this unit, as compared to like say, you know, kind of fiddling through these these offensive linemen who are few and far between. Yeah, so definitely. Oh, sorry, Kevin. Uh, with the back of quarterback, I'll, I'll just be quick and then I'll toss it over to you. Uh, when it comes to the back of quarterback position, Kyle Allen has had his struggles so far this preseason. I think we can all agree uh, on that. And he's been a disappointment from my point of view. I'm more in line with Aaron Quinn where I really don't care too much about who your backup number two quarterback is because if anyone's out there that's not Josh Allen, you're going to be in – some trouble, uh, especially if it's an extended period of time, you can basically kiss your season away. But if you need someone for a two, three game stint, you don't want to just completely be in a horrible situation where you're just losing three games. You want to have a chance at least being competitive. I do think if Kyle Allen was forced to start a couple games, the bills could still be competitive depending on the opponent. They have a good enough defense. They would have a run-based attack. They'd probably be conservative. You'd be looking at a team that'd be trying to win games 17 to 14 compared to 28 to 25. Uh, do I like that? Not at all. I am not excited about Kyle Allen overall. I would rather have Case Keenum. I would rather have Mitch Trubisky. Uh, there's a lot of guys in this league I would rather have over Kyle Allen. Do I think the Bills are going to get someone to upgrade the number two spot? I don't at this point. Uh, we keep hearing about how it takes some time to learn this Bills offense. That's not something that you can just pick up uh, in a couple weeks, in a month. So due to that, I don't think it's likely that Kyle Allen gets replaced. I do think they'll bring in someone uh, for the practice squad. Uh, Matt Barkley uh, obviously was was well-liked by Bills fans, had experience, but at this point of his career, 
practice squad was about all he was going to do going forward. Uh, I know I'm extremely biased, and you're going to kill me for the name that I'm about to mention, Kevin. But if he didn't want to go back to Jacksonville on their practice squad, I would love to give Nathan Rourke a chance for the practice squad. He's a dual threat. He's a guy that you could do creative things with when he's in the game. I would like a guy like that or Bailey Zappi. I don't think either of those guys will be able to come to Buffalo. I think Zappi will go to the Patriots practice squad most likely, and I think Rourke will go to the Jaguars practice squad. But if there was a chance that you could take either of them, I would be in favor of both of those guys. Absolutely. Kevin, where do you stand on it? Like, Ultimately, Mike summed it up good. I see a little bit of what Aaron and Mike were saying about that, but I don't fully agree. At a long-term injury, it'd be correct. I agree. Like, it is what it is. It's 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 going to struggle. I do think you see, you've seen it in AFC Championship games. You've seen it in you know, a divisional round. You know, you've seen it with a couple times with Mahomes going out um, and, you know, whoever comes in there and Chad Henney or whoever steps in and leads the team on a big drive. I don't have that confidence in Kyle Allen at any stretch, uh, especially without an Andy Reid style of coach. I do think they need to upgrade a little bit. I don't I, – I, I, are they in trouble if 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 Allen's out long term? Yeah, like it is what it. I agree with that. Where do you stand, Kevin? What do you want him to do, knowing that Kyle Allen's the only name there right now? Well, I think it's definitely interesting that there are 52 players on the roster right now, so there is one open roster spot. And for me, I see that either being a quarterback or a middle linebacker. Tying this into what you guys were opening up with, I would be a huge fan of Christian Kirksey or maybe even Deion Jones. Not necessarily saying that they have to be our savior. But just to get someone in the middle linebacker role, I mean, Christian Kirksey is a guy that had 136 and 148 tackles for the Browns back in 2016 and 2017. He was so good that I actually put him on my Madden team that that year. I remember it was Madden 25, so maybe I manifested a little bit of Christian Kirksey magic for us there. But I think with that open roster spot, maybe it is Andy Isabella or someone like that. But I, I think this comes down to either finding a middle linebacker or a quarterback. And what you were saying with Bailey Zappi, that just got more interesting because WGR was talking about that today and the way it works with these waiver claims. If you claim someone off waivers, they immediately have to go on the 53-man roster. So when they were talking about it at the time, it was like, well, that idea is kind of dead because how is there going to be room for them on the 53-man roster? And now you find out that there actually is an open spot. So... Talking about the quarterbacks here, I mean, we can talk about the linebackers again, but the way I look at it, I was on the undercovers cast last night and I was telling them, I, I can't remember if this is a Sean McDermott phrase or maybe even going back to Doug Marone because I really can't see Rex Ryan being this smart. But I remember a Bills coach once said that you break the season into quarters. Now, this is when they had the 16 game schedule. So you say, if you can win every quarter of the season, you're going to be at least 12 and four. So I'm looking at it from that perspective. If Josh just so happens to get hurt and he misses four games, who can come in and go three and one for the Bills? And right now, I think Carson Wentz would be the best option, but I don't know if they have enough to go out and get Carson Wentz right now. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's in their deck of cards. So this is really interesting because they do have that open roster spot. There is some more salary cap now that they traded Boogie Basham. I think they only saved, what, like $1.1 from that. But still, they did save some money. So you can make that run for a better quarterback 
I mean, maybe they, they could always put Kyle Allen on the practice squad, sign a quarterback, and then you still have an uh, an open roster spot. So I guess theoretically, you could go get a middle linebacker and a backup quarterback and then just put Kyle Allen on the practice squad. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think you can claim him if you need that roster spot. So the new rule, don't forget the new rule right now in this, in this year in the NFL. You can have three quarterbacks active on game day now just due to the weird things we saw with San Francisco last year playing running backs. And, and you know, we've seen it in the past with Denver um, playing Hinton, Kendall Hinton at one point. And we've seen, seen a couple of things there. The NFL said you can only, they can only play if the other two are out of the game. Will the Bills, and it's a free active on game day, will the Bills take advantage of that? I mean, a team with a, a premier quarterback that generally wouldn't totally see the benefit, but you never know. Um, you know, it, it doesn't hurt. Uh, so will they take full advantage of rostering that third guy? The Bills have such a good roster. I don't know that they can, but I think the idea there would be short term. And then after his allowable time, either he gets cut to the practice squad or Kyle Allen does. So it would be short term. Uh, maybe that's the short-term move before Vaughn or, or whatever it may be. Uh, so I don't think it's crazy that the Bills will go out and do something at the quarterback position. But look, there's 25 other teams ahead of them when it comes to the waiver order. Uh, will Bailey Zappi, you know, someone like that, make it even down the uh, down the list? I don't think so. I think he will get seen by a, a, be a second or third quarterback on a bad team. But really weird move by Belichick. There was much talk that he could take away from Mac Jones. Uh, Mac Jones is there on the roster alone. I'm sure they'll sign someone like Cam Newton or somebody will come up. Uh, but it's just interesting to see that that's the move that, you know, he's he's really struggling to find his identity post Tom Brady. Uh, he really is and, and and really didn't see the new to the benefit to, to rostering him. I doubt Bailey Zappi goes back there on the practice squad. He could. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Maybe he clears waivers. The Bills, the Bills are going to put in a waiver claim tomorrow. I feel pretty confident on it. One of the players coming in is going to be Reed Ferguson. The other could be a new name from outside the organization. After it's all said and done, Mike, there could only be five receivers on the roster too. Yeah, it's funny. We, we go the entire training camp with people bringing up the idea of seven receivers. And it's Shakir. And, and now this plays out where there could be five. So we'll see. I, I know a lot of people were high on Andy Isabella early on in the preseason following his Colts performance. But I don't know if Isabella has done enough for me to really want to use a roster spot on him. I know they could technically bring him back into the mix and that this was a discussed possibility. What if one of the wideouts went on IR in season um, happened to be shorter? A lot of the speculation was Khalil Shakir. I just don't know if I, I, I really feel the need at this point in time. I think you could get Isabella uh, to your practice squad. He's been in the league for four years already. He really hasn't flashed at a high level in the preseason, he wasn't getting run with the ones. Special teams, he had the one good rep at Gunner against the Steelers, but as a returner, was very limited, did not show much. Uh, probably explains why he has not been a returner uh, much in his NFL career to this point, despite the the blazing speed that he brings to the table. So I don't really feel the need to, to have Isabella back in it, uh, despite what some of the fan base might have felt a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Kevin, what are your thoughts on Andy Isabella? Do you do you just leave him on the practice squad? I, I don't think he – I don't really think there's any big need for him to come up as the sixth receiver. What is your opinion on it? Yeah, I think he's a guy that you could keep on the practice squad solely because of his return abilities. And that's not to diminish his impact at the slot receiver, but I think that that's a guy that you want to keep around and say, you know what, we don't want to put too much on Deontay Hardy's plate. 
So we can have him focus on being the slot receiver and the punt returner, and then Isabella can do the kicks or vice versa. So you might want to keep him in the mix, especially with Naheem Hines being out. And I do have a question for you guys trying to tie this back in with the quarterbacks. So with that open roster spot, let's say it's not Isabella or another wide receiver. We have some people in the comments talking about maybe they get another wide receiver from around the league. But I guess a two-part question. A, would you want Carson Wentz? And B, (laughs) Mike says no. Um, B, I'm blanking on B. But, Kevin, I'll let you answer while I think about that. Would you yeah, be I mean, on- I would. So I'm different than Mike, and Mike, Mike can counter me uh, with his response um, as, you know, I don't really need to be a, a, an elite-level lip reader or facial expression breaker downer to know Mike's answer. Uh, but I think personally, yes, I would. I think he is probably one of the only players out there that could lead you to that three-in-one stretch. I still firmly believe that it does matter. Like I do think this roster, you saw it struggle under Kyle Allen. It was just the preseason. I don't want to even take an experiment into the regular season to know, but I do believe that there is some difference between a couple of the players. Um, I'll let Mike rebuttal what he thinks about Carson Wentz. I think the only argument against him specifically would be how much money does he want and be, uh, I've heard some weird things about him in the locker room. So that those aren't things you want to, you want, you really want, but, a, if that's true, then fine, I'm against it. But B, like, I need to know for sure. I, I do think he winds up on a on a playoff team, though. Like, you heard some – I saw some rumors with him and the Chiefs. If he can go there, I mean, it's similar kind of culture to here, Mike. Like, so what's – what are you thinking on, on why you don't think he could lead this team on a four-game stretch? It's not that I don't believe he can't have success if given the opportunity as a backup, backup quarterback. He's going to be better than 90% of backup quarterbacks – uh, in the NFL, we've seen it. He's been an MVP caliber quarterback at times early on in his in his career. I don't like it based on things that I've heard, like the rumors that you've speculated on, Kevin. It, there's been talk that he is not the best person in the locker room. Uh, I don't think he wants to be a backup quarterback. I don't think that is something that he is just going to walk into a room and be like, yo, Josh, you're, you're the starting quarterback. I'm so grateful to be, be your backup. I think he wants to go more to a situation with a weaker starting quarterback to where he can try to win the job or he can earn more playing time. Uh, if a quarterback struggles in front of him, I just don't think it really makes sense from him to come to a place like Buffalo and, and back up Josh Allen. Plus financially with a limited cap available to the bills, Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster, in a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. Welcome to Tire Discounters. Oh, hiya, Phantom. Hi, Mike. Hey, do you like to save big bucks? I like big bucks. I cannot lie. And the other brothers can't deny? What? You know I don't have any siblings. Well, let's just say that right now you can save big bucks on major brand tires. I like big bucks. And you cannot lie. Why would I lie, Mike? Never mind. Stop by Tire Discounters and save up to 300 big bucks on select major brands, plus a free alignment with any four-tire purchase. Tire. 
I just don't see how they make it work out money-wise unless Carson Wentz just decides to take virtually nothing uh, in return. I, I think he's a good talent. I, I think he's a good quarterback. And if he wanted to come to Buffalo on a on a very minimal contract and he was willing to be a good teammate and uh, fit in the locker room and the culture, I'll, I would give him a chance. But I just don't think those things are going to line up. I, I believe if he truly was okay with that, he would have signed with a team by this point. Uh, the fact that you have a guy that has started on three NFL teams in the last um, three, four years and he is unsigned heading into September is revealing to me. Typically, NFL teams, they have reasons for why they avoid certain players. And I think there's potentially red flags with Carson Wentz that we are missing uh, that NFL teams are aware of. And that's why he's still unsigned. Kevin, no. going to you, ready for part two of your, yeah. your explosive question. <laughs> so I'm curious to see what you guys think. Did the fact that the Bills called the 49ers about Trey Lance signal that they could use this open roster spot to get another quarterback? Or do you think that was just something that Brandon Bean always does? I mean, he's been in on Christian McCaffrey. He's been in on Dalvin Cook. In. Uh, I'm going to use that loosely because I think that's what he does all the time. He at least calls to see, hey, if we can get him for the right price, then of course we're going we're gonna to be interested. You know, We just want to see what they're offering. But – that one stuck out to me. Do you think that there's some meat on the bone there? And the fact that they were interested in Trey Lance, do you think it goes more than just trying to see what the 49ers wanted for him and that they could actually make a move here for a backup quarterback? I do. I, do. I, I think it's a tell. Um, you know, Bean admittedly doesn't like when that stuff leaks. He'll kind of downplay. I do think they were even more interested in Christian McCaffrey. I think San Fran came and trumped them. Similar scenario here to a, obviously a lot lesser of an extent. Um, I do. I don't think they are happy with it. Bean is not going to trade away assets, especially for quarterback where obviously he was a, for, a, top, a former top five pick. Uh, you see basically every backup quarterback in the league get cut today, like across, across the league, similar to the Boogie Basham situation as a seller. Now, um, I don't think Bean was overly eager to trade draft picks and got involved. And, in, you know, who, who knows how far probably was close to getting it done until uh, Dallas came in and decided to, you know, trade what would perceive to be a pretty high um, compensation for a guy behind Dak Prescott, you know, fourth round pick, you're starting to get into like looking at starting the guy at some point. Um, so that's, that's a fair off. That's like a one round away from really being a, a competitive um, competitive offer. So I do, I do believe it was a tell Kevin. I do think that they're interested in the quarterback position. I think Bailey Zappi is a cheaper way to go. I don't know that they're going to be able to get someone like that on waivers. Um, you know, someone like Cunningham who played well from new England as well could go more to the practice squad to start with. It's going to be fairly or, or, or Mike's favorite, uh, favorite Rourke. Um, you know, there's a couple of options here at this position that I do think the bills explore. And I do think Trey Lance was a tell the funny, the, the thing that was a tell for me was, yes, he was only a hundred or um, 1 million against the cap this year, which was a great position to be in. But next year it was fully guaranteed five plus million dollar deal. Brandon Bean was going to have to take that on. He was serious about acquiring a backup quarterback. And that's the proof that I needed to know the financial component of next year, not really being able to do much with that. He was willing to pay him $5 million to be the bills backup quarterback next year. Yeah. I, I think, it's obvious the Bills are not content with Kyle Allen as their number two. Now, I don't, I don't see a scenario where they ever keep three quarterbacks uh, on their roster unless they're very serious about having the third quarterback option that's new to the, the league right now if both of your guys get hurt before 
uh, and then you can put your third stringer in the game. But I, I think that was more of a tell. We're not confident as an organization and what we have backing up Josh. And if Trey Lance, if that trade did happen, I believe that Kyle Allen probably wouldn't be a part of this team uh, going forward at this point. Uh just because I, I don't know what value you would still have in, in keeping a guy like Kyle Allen. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't see what he would have provided. So even with a minimal uh, knowledge of the playbook, I think Trey Lance would have become the number two quarterback rather soon. Uh, and what it also tells me is being also realizes that when you make a move for a guy like Trey Lance, you might get future return on your investment. He was supposedly according to Diana Rossini, uh, willing to give up a six-round pick that could turn into a fifth-round pick. So he wasn't looking to give up much for Trey Lance. He was in the market, but he wasn't looking to give up uh, a high or even mid-round pick. He was looking for late-round picks that uh, would be discussed. You bring in a guy like Trey Lance, you develop him. Say he looks good in the preseason. Maybe he even gets a start or two if Josh is ever down, and he looks decent. Two years from now, you could turn that into a second- or third-round pick. You, you just – took a sixth or a fifth and turned it into a second or a third, depending on, on how he develops. Hell, if something significant ever happened to Josh Allen, which obviously you would never wish for, you have a guy that's a former third overall pick as your backup quarterback that would have a lot of potential to still develop. I think the, the book on Lance isn't that he can't play quarterback. It's that he hasn't really had an opportunity in San Francisco due to injuries and other things. Uh, you look at a guy that in college – only played really a season and a half of football, really didn't have that many passes during his college career, was taken in the top five because of his athleticism and his raw potential. Then he goes to San Fran, and it's basically the same story. And a lot of people in San Francisco will tell you the biggest mistake San Fran did was that they didn't build an offense around Trey Lance. They wanted Trey Lance to adapt to their offense. So it was always a fit uh, issue to begin with. So I, I do think the Bills want someone – in the future that could be either strong arm or mobile behind Josh, because if you are going to be playing your backup quarterback, you kind of need, you're not going to have obviously the standard that you want, but you need an attribute or two that you can work with. If you have a mobile quarterback, maybe they can escape uh, some, uh, a poor offensive line day. If you have a quarterback with a strong arm, maybe they can get you a, a, a steel touchdown or not uh, in the bad weather in Buffalo. So, uh, I do think quarterback is going to be a priority uh, going going into the future. Let me read the list real quick for you guys. Colt McCoy, we talked about many of them, but one we didn't. Uh, Bailey Zappi, obviously, we talked about PJ Walker, an interesting fit. Had you know, through a hail mary, looks really good. Could be a player that I I do enjoy watching play. The Bills seem to be interested in him in years past. Will Greer, a guy who went out and balled out three fifty and four touchdowns in his last preseason game. He'll find a job. Ben DiNucci, Max Duggan, Tommy DeVito, Brett Rippin, Malik Cunningham, who came up. Jake Fromm. Uh, as well came up um, Nathan Rourke, obviously the, the, the bottom half of this list is a little bit more practice squad ish. Nathan Peterman. Um, and, oh my God, he's not coming Don't up. Don't even bring <laughs> up that name. <laughs> Alex, sorry, Alex sorry. Uh, so there's definitely a couple of, you know, we got, we got one, one person on the Nathan Rourke just for Mike's uh, enjoyment. We got another person on PJ Walker, who I agree with PJ Walker is a mighty fine name. Um, so let's, that's a lot of backup quarterback talk. We dedicated over 15 minutes to it. Uh, we keep it going. <laughs> let's change the topic. <laughs> we could not not do it, but I do think that there is a move to be made there. It's great that that is the point of topic of conversation. Really, once Vaughn went on PUP, some of the stuff at middle linebacker has been interesting to people. 
we just I just wouldn't have traded Boogie Basham just so we didn't have to talk about it, Mike. But the team that shows you how much the team liked Kingsley Jonathan, um, that they determined that they'd rather go through hearing about all of this than caring about uh, trading Boogie Basham. Uh, a couple of interesting running back names if they want to go that way. Trey Sermon's a guy who's looked good at times. Bam Knight looked good in the Jets last year. Uh, what do they do? Do they try to put one of these guys on the practice squad? I mean, they're one injury away from being elevated. So you, you never know if they they want to attack like a Damian Williams, Miles Gaskin, one of those style of players um, that are, were released. And a couple of interesting offensive linemen names in a, in a year where usually there's not very many offensive linemen. Uh, Jalen Mayfield is a guy that I personally like. You know, there's some talks about Alex Leatherwood, uh, Michael Dunn's an interior guy, Hakeem Adeniji, a guy that came in and helped Cincinnati's run. Uh, last year that had to come in off of that her offensive line. Uh, Jermaine Effetti, we saw Eric Turner uh, tweeting about how much he liked him. That is a potential fit here. Alex Lindstrom's a guy that's been good and, and had uh, talked about a lot uh, over the course of uh, of his draft prospects. Uh, so there's definitely some names there of guys that the Bills could could go after at the offensive line positions. Darian Kennard just last year of a middle round pick for the chiefs. We hear how good they draft last year. So he's a name. And then everybody wants to hear about the receiver room. Not a ton there as, as expected. Jamison Crowder, Anthony Schwartz, Austin Watkins, uh, Robbie Anderson, chosen Anderson, uh, Keelan Cole, Philip Dorsett, Tyler Johnson's a guy that's bounced around a few teams. So not, not a ton there. If the bills really want to upgrade there. Uh, and then there's definitely a few blocking tight ends in my projection. It's like that. I feel that they could at least try to target Devin aside, Dan Arnold. Uh, so there's definitely a few guys there that they could go, uh, that route. I don't see them doing a ton at the defensive line or the DBs rooms. They're, they're, they're pretty stocked. Obviously, the only other position linebacker being, you know, do they something with Christian Kirksey, Deion Jones, Malik Reed, Jalen Smith, Brandon Jones. So there's some names there. So I personally think you see a new player on the Bills roster. Um, Kevin, if you had to pick a position, I just named a bunch. Are you still in the quarterback room? Are you thinking one of those receiver names, O-line names jump out to you? Like, where are you adding a player to this roster just purely in your opinion of what you'd want the team to do if they only added one? I think it, to me, it just keeps coming back to backup quarterback or middle linebacker, because those are two huge questions. And the third question that I have is the depth at offensive tackle. But I think they really like Ryan Vandemark and Alec Anderson, and they showed a lot to the point where they cut David Questenberry. And, you know, David Questenberry was just David Questenberry. Yeah. You know, so that, maybe that doesn't say a lot, but I think that shows that those two guys prove themselves and they like their versatility. Plus you have Ryan Bates. And maybe you can put some of these guys, I, I heard Ike Butker could go back on the practice squad, or maybe Nick Broker. So I think I'm off the offensive tackle train because I want to see what these young guys can do. But to me, this just keeps circling back to middle linebacker and backup quarterback because those are two huge questions where we could be sitting here at the end of the year saying, why didn't we do more? Because now we're sitting on our couches again because the middle linebacker failed to perform. Or yeah. the Bills didn't have a better backup plan in case Josh gets hurt. For sure. That's for sure. Mike, you, what are you thinking? You have to add, you, I just railed off probably the most likely style of positions and names. I know I know you're kind of with Aaron with the quarterback. So are you thinking middle linebacker? Are you thinking O-line? Where are you thinking if you had to add yeah. one, which seems possible at this point? Middle linebacker would be the spot. Maybe take a flyer. I know I, I was kind of hammering Christian Kirksey earlier, but – I could I could be open to that idea. That would make some sense. Uh, at worst case scenario, you add some depth. Uh, you add 
some insurance if something were to happen to Dodson or Bernard. Uh, he could fill in. He could start uh, in definitely someone that has a plenty of starting experience uh, in the league in recent years. So even though uh, his tape was not good last year in Houston, uh, maybe you're hoping put him on a contender and then you can get a little bit more out of him. I don't really see a ton of other spots where major changes would be necessary. Like you said, I, I think a quarterback gets added to the practice squad. My personal favorite would, would be Nathan Rourke, and not just because I went to the same college as him, but more so because I do like that he's a dual-threat quarterback. He was dynamic at Ohio University. I think he, if he played at a bigger conference, would have had a shot at getting drafted. Uh, was on pace for the greatest season in CFL history uh, before – uh, getting hurt last year and was really dynamic with the Jaguars this preseason to the point where a lot of fans in Jacksonville wanted him as their number two ahead of CJ Beathard, um, but ultimately got cut. So backup quarterback, I could see, like I said, the practice squad. If I'm looking at offensive line, I, I don't know if there's really anybody that was cut that I would, I would love to see on this team right now. Uh, I think Van Denmark uh, could be replaceable, but I really believe that they have long-term plans for Alec Anderson. I've been hearing good things about him going back to his time on the practice squad last year. They could add tight end depth. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think they will address it because I do believe they, they like Quinton Morris, despite your thoughts on uh, Morris overall, Kevin wide receiver. They could add a six wide receiver. Is it paramount to do that? Don't think so. Uh, defensive line is pretty much solid with the D tackles, DNs, uh, corner room is solid, safety room is solid. So you're really only looking at middle linebacker. Uh, the running back room is good. So there, Christian Kirksey would be a guy that I would have my eyes paid attention to due to the fact that the Bills did have interest three years ago in him uh, and that there is a hole seemingly a middle linebacker. But I will say this, just because we have a perceived hole and middle linebacker linebacker doesn't mean it's as bad of a hole as what we think at this moment in time. We know Dodson is a liability. There is no denying that Tyrell Dodson is not a starting linebacker in the NFL, or at least doesn't appear to be a starting linebacker in the NFL. But any talk that is definitive saying that Terrell Bernard cannot play middle linebacker in the NFL is premature and it's unfounded. There is no evidence to support or deny Terrell Bernard being a capable starting linebacker in the NFL because we don't have any tape of it. We, we have not seen it before. He did not play in the preseason. So we can't say this guy sucks because we didn't see it in the preseason. Last year, you had uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Bernard barely saw the field last year. So a lot of us, a lot of people are taking that as the negative that he can't play. Well, I'll counter with this. And I, for those that watch our show a lot, you'll know what point I'm about to make. But for anyone new watching today, I'll, I'll say this. The fact that the Bills went into this offseason with Dodson and Bernard at middle linebacker and they added no one in free agency, they avoided Trenton Simpson. They avoided Drew Sanders in the draft. Obviously, Jack Campbell was drafted way too soon. They, they didn't have a chance at him. But they don't draft anyone until the third round. And that person, they immediately say on draft night that he's going to be an outside linebacker to start off and a special teamer. Go all the way through the summer. No more moves. And they go into camp with Terrell Bernard, 
Tyrell Dotson, AJ Klein, Balen Spector, reveals the fact that since the point of the draft, the Bills were content with either Dodson or Bernard being their starting middle linebacker. We might have fears of, of that in the fan base, but Brandon Bean, who makes the final decisions, was not fearful of that being the case. And when you look at the type of guys that the Bills have drafted at linebacker the last two years, they have used those picks on Balen Spector, Terrell Bernard, and Dorian Williams. What do all three of those guys have in common? They would all be considered undersized middle linebackers that are smaller as far as height and weight, but better coverage linebackers, better athletes, guys that have range, guys that have instincts. Bernard's college tape was all about being instinctive, good blitzer, able to read things. The Bills are looking for positional versatility. They want positionless football. We always talk about it, but we can't just talk about it as a positive and then hate on it when it doesn't fit what we're looking for. The reason they're drafting linebackers like Bernard and Williams is they want to be able to just switch people around. They want guys that are going to be able to cover the athletic tight ends, that are going to be able to keep up with running backs. Brandon Bean even said that during an interview on a podcast saying Tremaine wasn't good enough keeping up with those guys and maybe went a little over the top with that. But I think the tell the whole time has been they're okay with Terrell Bernard. They really do think, based on what they're seeing in practice, that Terrell Bernard could be a good middle linebacker. And, yes, he has an injury history that a lot of people have pointed out. But there is nothing that points that those injuries are things that are going to constantly plague him throughout his career. It's not like an ACL. It's not like certain uh, tendons and uh, tears and stuff like that. He does not have those type of injuries that are going to repeat over and over again. So what I will say, yes, I think they could address middle linebacker, but don't be surprised if Terrell Bernard ends up being okay. Like, I I don't think he's going to be great, but don't be surprised if he ends up being adequate because they're showing faith in the linebackers they were rumored to be interested in this offseason. Drew Tranquil, what are you looking at with him? Coverage. And then Levante David, maybe they wanted him. But a lot of these other linebackers that fans are talking about going after, they weren't coverage linebackers. They were more of the thumper run stuffers. The Bills don't want a run stuffer. That's what Dodson's supposed to be. And we're always going crazy about how horrible he is in coverage. They want coverage linebackers, not run thumpers. And maybe this is why, I mean, last year he played actually for Milano in week nine last year. And that was with Saran Neal, or um, excuse me, Jaquan Johnson behind him. So he played actually a week last year. So it wasn't uh, middle. He didn't, he hasn't. So to Mike's point, he still hasn't played uh, any snaps in middle linebacker. Hence the Dorian Williams pick sliding in to be the backup for uh, Matt Milano and really Terrell Dodson and Terrell Bernard. Uh, going against each other for the middle linebacker position. I think that's kind of the the, the, the four-man split now, especially with Klein off the roster. We'll see where he ends up. Practice squad back on the roster or neither. So that's something to monitor as we go forward. But to the injury point, some of those injuries that uh, Bernard has faced in his career uh, were more bruisers, were more bang-up injuries. They weren't soft tissue. They weren't anything that would consider. I've talked to medical professionals who would not consider Terrell Bernard a Injury prone player missed one game in 2020 and hasn't missed a game really since uh, in his career. So it's not, I mean, he missed some early on in his uh, Baylor tenure, um, you know, and he still has played through a lot. Uh, and the Bills deliberately had a plan for this, for this injury 
uh, this this year as well. I think he was pretty close to being able to play in that Chicago game, but ultimately they anybody with a nick or a bruise basically didn't play in that game. Um, as well as there was a couple guys that we were all willing to see. Uh, Khalil Shakir made it through, Mike. You know, we heard about the rib injury as well. Is he gone? Is he gone? Is he going IR for Andy Isabella? That didn't happen either. Uh, very much so entrenched himself and, and kept his solidly in line for his fourth, fifth receiver role. Uh, so we'll see how much that that elevates. Is he going to be a solidly a fifth who doesn't get a lot of time? Or will he mix in and be up there with the top four receivers? That is going to be something as well to, to entertain. Um, so as we continue to look for a middle linebacker, very excited to hear Bernard. But Kevin, what are your thoughts uh, on the linebacker and, and, and you know kind of what Mike broke down for us? Yeah, I want to go off of the point that Mike made and this comment that we have from Justin where he says they kept 11 DBs. I think they're going to play a lot of dime and kind of a hybrid defense in a way, possibly. And that's something that I wanted to bring up because maybe the fact that they got rid of AJ Klein signals that we're going to see more of Taylor Rapp as that other linebacker, quote unquote. So maybe I can see a one way where they cut AJ Klein and maybe they use that roster spot to bring in Christian Kirksey. And something that I've been talking about a lot this offseason is maybe they want to give more of a 4-3 look where you put Kirksey in the middle. Maybe you can use Bernard and Dorian Williams on the outside as that third linebacker. But if you want to go the other way, like what Mike was saying, if you really like Terrell Bernard, maybe you just leave it with five linebackers right now, and then we'll see what happens with Balen Specter. But you go a little bit shorter at linebacker right now because you have Taylor Rapp and those different hybrid players. Maybe even uh, Cam Lewis plays into this at some point. I mean, that was another guy that they kept to uh, Justin's point, 11 DBs. Cam Lewis was a guy that I didn't have making this roster, but I said, I would not be shocked if he does because they really like his versatility. Yeah. He's right now the backup nickel corner, correct? That's what we've been hearing Kevin behind Taron Johnson. So uh, really Cam Lewis, his major. Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U S 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster in a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. Looking for health insurance coverage? Medical Mutual's individual and family health plans have you covered with $0 select preventive drugs, $0 on-demand telemedicine, a wellness rewards program, and access to thousands of health care providers located throughout Ohio. Plus, most plans include MedMutual Pet, a pet wellness service at no additional cost. You also may qualify for subsidies that can be used to help pay your monthly premium. Visit MedMutual.com slash ACA to find a plan today. Reason he made this squad was if you have a hole somewhere, he can fill in. He can go in any of those defensive positions in the in the secondary. He can back up at safety, although not likely he'll be uh, in at safety. Right. He could be the nickel corner if Taron Johnson goes down. He does have, provide cornerback depth. So Cam Lewis is basically saying, you got you need a guy that can do almost anything. I'm your person. And that's how a person, uh, a player like that, from a lower-level school like UB, is able to make a career for himself and, and stand uh, stay in this league for an extended period of time. So while I did have Cam Lewis getting cut, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for UB. 
Uh, and I, I think it's going to be nice to see what he can provide the Bills because he is a solid player. Another guy they really liked was Jamarcus Ingram from UB. He was probably not an easy cut for them. I had heard that they were trying to keep him on the roster from my UB sources that I just spoke with a couple hours ago. Um, that he said that they were looking for a spot from him, and the Bills are nervous he could get claimed. Um, per what I've heard about Ingram, he played really well. Came in in that Miami game in the heater game, and for all things considered, a practice squad going up against one of the top receiving cores in the NFL played pretty well. Uh, and that's without All Pro Micah Hyde behind him as well. So he shocked uh, us, Kevin. You and I were were you be uh, yeah guys through and through. He got better as he got older. He, he was one of the worst secondaries in college football his senior year. And then a year later, we're watching him on the field with the Bills making plays <laughs> against, like you said, Tyree the Miami Carroll. Dolphins, wondering what the hell is going on. But yeah. uh, like you said, he has definitely developed and been a nice surprise. And even though um, most likely headed to the practice squad, uh, he is one that the Bills hope can get through waivers so they can keep him at least in-house. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, they do hope that he does clear waivers. And Cam Lewis was a borderline lock. I mean, he really was. You saw Brandon Bean going in Chicago. He was on air in the third quarter uh, with Andrew Catalan and Steve Tasker and said, wow, that's how you make a football play. Uh, and he just kind of lit up and he was kind of giddy with it and, you know, kind of referenced, you know, that's why he liked Cam Lewis and what he was able to do. Really isn't a safety. He can play it in a pinch and played it pretty well. He covered Adam Thielen and, and um, prevented a touchdown against the Vikings early on in that game. Uh, just happens to be on the other side of our immaculate Justin Jefferson play, best receiver in the league, making a play um, when literally it didn't look like anyone was around him. He sees a guy in front of him falling um, and, you know, trying to secure the ball. And by all accounts, if he just ducked, um, that ball just probably flies somewhere else in the game, game over. So uh, he's just he's just a part of, uh, of a wacky incident. But other than that, played really well in that game in the Bills love his special teams prowess um, and uh, what he's able to do on that side of it. And yeah, you're right. He is in front of Saran Neal um, to the point where, like we've said a couple of times on the show, the Bills sat out Taron Johnson at times this preseason because they didn't want to hurt two nickel cornerbacks. Uh, so please uh, remember that about Saran Neal and Kevin, you're right. I do believe with Taylor Rapp and the 11 DBs they have, we're talking a lot about linebacker, but what if it's, what if it's Taylor Rapp on the field next to Matt Milano in certain situations, I do think you'll see that. And he might even be labeled a linebacker based on where he's playing in style of play um, as the dime, thick nickel, thick dime, whatever we want to call it, big nickel or regular nickel. Um, you know, you're going to have Taron Johnson as your every down third linebacker. And then you're going to have Taylor Rapp in there. And maybe, maybe Taron gets a breather in certain situations and it's Rapp in there. Uh, and there are other, you know, tricky scenarios. So you're right. I do think that you can go light. And I said this on my prediction show and I only had five. Um, I just had um, I just had uh, Klein over over Dodson instead, but I did have five for that exact reason because they're going to go multiple at the DB. I think they're going to see a lot of rap when they can, and you're right. I think that that's going to be solved some of at least in certain situations um, as a uh, as a, as an answer to this linebacker, and that was kind of the answer that they were looking for, Mike. They didn't really do a lot, but maybe it was because they had a lot an aggressive plan with Ty, uh, Taylor Rapp and what they're going to do with the DBs, maybe even see Hamlin in the box. Maybe you see a lot of different things. You know, who knows what they could have planned. Well, I, I think that's a good DBs. point. I, I think that's a good point. I want to deflect this off of both, both of you, Kevins, uh, right now. You, you look at this defensive back room, and, and one of the things they were saying really impacted this defense overall last year was 
without having Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer on the field, it made it very difficult for them to disguise things. Uh, they they had to have a more basic version of what they like to do defensively. And that makes it a little bit easier to, to know what you're going up against. Having Hyde healthy, having Poyer back, knowing that you have Trey uh, 100% again, and then adding some uh, a new guy like Taylor Rapp, who you know is good at the line of scrimmage, there's going to be a lot a, a new different dynamic to this defense overall. And what percentage are we going to see dime this year? Maybe it won't be a high, high percentage, but will it be enough to, to make an impact play uh, a few times during the game or to confuse uh, an opposing quarterback in a crucial situation? I think so. And I know we've been saying kind of for the last couple of years that Leslie Frazier was running McDermott's defense. Well, now that McDermott's calling the plays this year, we're really going to see what he wants to do himself. Are we going to see a more aggressive uh, team overall? And I, I think it's going to be intriguing, especially with the defensive line. Once Von Miller gets back healthy and you're able to rotate Miller, Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, A.J. Apeneza, even add Kingsley Jonathan to that mix, there's, there's going to be a, a different dynamic overall to this team, and they should be able to fly. Uh, around the ball. I know some positions are getting older, especially in the back of the secondary, but I do think it's going to be really, really intriguing. Uh, and maybe the linebacker uh, situation, a middle linebacker won't end up coming back to hurt them as much as some of us have believed going into the season, because he, let's be real. We don't even really have an a full idea of what the bills defense will be during the regular season. They're not going to show their tell there uh, in preseason football they they are just running basic vanilla things at this point in time i i believe that once we see the jets game monday night football we're gonna have things thrown at new york that they have not seen on tape yet uh to basically have shock value and also try to take advantage of certain things yeah i just want to touch on this no um serenio's behind cam lewis on all depth charts and what i've heard too so serenio plays like all over the field he's a special teams ace you know, he's shown some good flashes in preseason. I think he still struggles against uh, in, 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 in many situations. But Eric Turner said he had a really good preseason. Um, so there is definitely that going. But no, uh, Sir Daniel's uh, behind, at least at the nickel spot, uh, is behind Cam Lewis. If if uh, Taron Johnson goes down, I would expect to see Cam Lewis in the game uh, at the nickel position. Um, so... Whew, we've had a, a whale of a show, guys. Um, you know, we really appreciate Kevin for coming up. And doing his thing over the last hour I did want to take you didn't have a chance to tell us about your you were on the undercovers so I want to shout out to the undercovers my guy Tommy Giambra uh, and Ben and Jenna and Paul over there do a great job on Mondays and they have different guests on from all of our podcasts from across Bill's land Kevin was on it yesterday and we see his roster Kevin how did you do so we didn't have a chance you weren't on our show last week um, so let's, let's let's take a look at it he you know he did pretty well at the offensive side of the ball doesn't look like too many uh, big misses here. He had Quisenberry over Alec Anderson or over, yeah, over Alec Anderson uh, as really your only miss here on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, you went fairly standard. Let's take a look at Kevin's defensive side of the ball here. This was yesterday on the Undercovers podcast that he was on. Um, you know, did, you know, you did okay here too. Uh, mainly just missing Klein as well there. You know, didn't have, did you have Kingsley Jonathan? You did not have Kingsley Jonathan. Um, but I had Basham, so oh, you had Basham, yeah, okay. So you can you can swap those two out, and then I had AJ Klein over Cam Lewis, essentially. 
Yeah. Yeah. Essentially you did. So you, you were um, around 51 out of uh, 50 out of 53 or something like that. So pretty good. A pretty good percentage. Yeah, I, I figured cool. they would put, I figured they'd put Vaughn on the pub, just knowing how that they act and they play for February. They obviously every week matters, but at the same time, it doesn't matter that much where they say we need you ready for November, December, January, and February. So I figured they would put him on the pup specter. I saw the report that he was week to week. So I guess that kind of lines up because now it looks like he'll probably be short term, short term IR. Correct. Yeah. Just a little different version of the same list. Just, it just got a little bit different of ramifications, but it's still overall the same thing. So, um, yep, that is correct. So you'll see, you'll see that one goes and we'll see, maybe we'll all get up to if Klein comes back, um, onto the roster, that is another hit for, uh, for, for your board. So, you know, 50 out of 53 to start with, uh, that's where I came. Cause I went crazy, obviously cutting Morris. I cut Neil, um, as well. So I did get Quisenberry, right. I got Kingsley Jonathan, right. Um, so I end up at the 50 out of Cam Lewis, right. I came up at the 50 out of 53, just cause I went a little bit wild. So the real answer was somewhere in the middle between a chalk and uh, sleepers. Um, so the answer, you know, kind of laid there in the middle of the predictions. Uh, and then, you know, everybody got, you know, I think almost nearly everybody got boogie bash. I'm wrong. Uh, as you can't really predict trades like that's not, um, that's not a fun exercise. So I got, uh, so we got that one wrong there, Mike. So I, I did oh, predict that AJ Epinesa could be on the block. I figured because mm-hmm. he's in a contract year, we know more about Epinesa than we do Basham. I thought they would have given Basham the benefit of the doubt, but it turns out that they traded him and not Epinesa. So I guess I was, I was kicking some tires on that at least. <laughs> I, I will say this. I do think they like AJ Epinesa. I, yeah. I, that's one player on this team that I believe the fan base is. Reimagine this holiday season with more capability and more adventure in Kia's EverReady lineup. This winter, gift yourself what you really want during Kia's Season of Giving Back sales event. Kia is offering great deals on the capable Sorento and the spacious Sportage, and deals on even more vehicles like the all-electric EV6 and the fun-to-drive Forte. So visit your local Kia dealer and explore all your newfound possibilities by enjoying Kia's Season of Giving Back. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Event ends one Down on more than what they should be. The, I can understand the reasons why certain people, they don't love Boogie and that he really didn't show much in his two years here. But A.J. Appenazzo did take a, a step forward last year. He had six and a half sacks. People act like he has had zero contributions on this team. Uh, he had a positive uh, season in 2022, and I think that was a step forward. Now, can he take another leap beyond that? Some of his pass rushing percentages uh, pressure rates are actually not that bad uh, would actually bring up the fact that if he could just get more reps, he maybe he could be a guy that has eight, nine uh, sacks in the season. I think the biggest thing with AJ Epinesa is tackling and consistency, but there are reasons to believe he could be a solid player in the league uh, going forward. And take now real quick, let's take a look at Mike's just kind of um, see what, where he had compared to Kevin. Um, Mike looks like he had a uh, Quisenberry in there as well. Um, you know, instead of, as he mentioned earlier in the show, instead of Alec and the, the rise of Alec Anderson, um, is that your all offensive miss Mike, uh, Alec Anderson? Yeah, that, that was the only offensive miss. And that was one that if I could have revised it, we don't, we do our one show, our, our one roster and a week early too. we stick with it. So if, if I had done this on Friday or Saturday, I would have swapped out Quesenberry for Alec Anderson. Uh, where, where I missed was a, a little bit on the defense. I obviously had uh, Boogie Basham making it, did not project that trade. 
Uh, I loved last week when you mentioned Kingsley Jonathan, and that actually um, was one that the more I started hearing it from you, it started making sense. So that was obviously a miss for me right there. Uh, AJ Klein was a miss. I thought they would keep him just due to the fact that uh, Tyrell Dodson had been struggling, and I didn't know if they would have enough confidence going into the year with Tyrell Dodson uh, and an injured Terrell Bernard. I, I shouldn't have had Dodson cut. Obviously, he's been starting throughout the preseason. He's been the number one middle linebacker. I think that was more out of just anger watching him play the last three weeks. I personally didn't want to see him on my roster, so I decided to cut him in spite of all the, the facts saying he would be part of the team. And then the, the last miss was not including uh, Cam Lewis, but I did have Balen Spector making the team. Okay. So you got 49 uh, with Balen Spector going to IR. And then if AJ Klein comes on, it's like a wash anyways for that, for the Balen. So we'll see how that all plays out uh, there. Uh, one final topic of the show, Kevin, bring us, bring us home producer, Kevin, what do you got for us? Well, I, I'm thinking ahead because I know we're going to get some news over the next couple of days. So I want to ask you guys, who are some names that we could watch for the next 24 to 48 hours where maybe we're going to wake up tomorrow with that 12 PM deadline at the waivers and the Bills are going to sign blank player. And maybe we can get some predictions correct here. So, yeah, a couple what do you to think? watch out for. I It's tough to predict waiver claims because you don't know who in front of the Bills are going to go ahead and get get out in front of it. Um, the, a lot of these guys like Rourke included, Rourke and, and, and Zappi, um, they, they've, they've, you know, in Rourke's case, said he's going to sign with the Jacksonville practice squad. So you have to claim him. Um, and then put them on your active roster. It's not practical. Yeah. yeah, I don't see it really by anybody. Um, you know, a lot of teams would probably take on the squad. He's already going to go through. I just don't necessarily see him leaving Doug Peterson. And, you know, it's possible if another team really had a path. But a lot of these guys are going to be similar to that story, uh, just like they are in Buffalo. Like, what I mean, Andy Isabella isn't going to go to another practice. He's just not. Unless someone wants to roster him like Rourke, he's really not going to go to another practice squad. So that's that's the challenge. I think Christian Kirksey makes sense, especially with Bale Inspector going to IR. I think he's the immediate upgrade. I think Jermaine Effetti is a guy to watch for. Eric Turner was tweeting about him earlier um, and what he could be able to do from the right tackle. What would that mean? Would they roster 10 offensive linemen? Probably. I don't think they want to expose Alec Anderson or um, Vandemark to waivers. So I think it's very possible that they could go that route. So I, I you know, I'm going to go on, uh, you know, on a limb knowing that just a seamless trend Klein's going to IR uh, you're going to need the other spot with shorter to go to a long snapper, Reed Ferguson or vice versa. Um, the receivers don't really jump out to me. I, I think like a, a Christian Kirksey uh, style of player, I, I would think is a guy could be, you know, could it be Jalen Smith or Deion Jones? Sure. I'm just going to predict for now that, you know, they could go with a Christian Kirksey here to come in, be a veteran leader. Uh, we've seen some good play in Houston would be an upgrade. Um, so, you know, my prediction would be Christian Kirksey at this point, based on all the other factors, but I still think watch, watch swing tackle. It's not crazy to think they'd bring a guy like, like a fatty in who has done it before. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go along with what Kev was just saying. I'm not really into the, the prediction game just because I don't know what the bills are thinking inside as far as, is there a spot? Did they do something intentionally with the roster today to, to add something at a certain position or not? Christian Kirksey makes sense due to the fact that they tried to pursue him in the past, that he has been a starter. 
he has experience and that you could probably put him in and uh, get at least halfway decent production um, pretty quickly. But other than that, I, I really don't want to talk about any gambles or anything like that. I, I, I think this roster is pretty much locked up for the most part outside of a few small moves here or there. Nothing that would really make a major uh, difference, uh, in my opinion, on on the team in, in squad going forward. Yeah, and to clear this up, they do. Chicago can pick every player, essentially look at it like 1,200 players go through the list and they can claim whomever they want. Obviously, they need to make a corresponding move, though. Um, and they, they, you know, they can't get wild or their players are, are just going to be a second round. We'll see. We'll see how crazy tomorrow gets. Is it going to be very minor? Sometimes it can be 20 players at most. Um, because once again, you do have to keep these guys on the route. You can't just cut them the next week. Um, you know, so that's still, there's still a lot of talent out there and it still could equal 30, 40, 50, 60 it could equal another, uh, kind of a snowball effect with, with waiver moves. Kevin, how about you? Where do you, what do you see the bills doing tomorrow? If anything? My three names would be PJ Walker, Jermaine Ifedi, and Christian Kirksey in no particular order because I like the point that you guys are making about PJ Walker. I think Mike made the point you you talked about the player, Kevin, but I think PJ Walker would make sense because you want to get someone who resembles Josh Allen. Obviously, there is only one Josh Allen, but I think to your point, Mike, if you don't have Andy Reid, it's going to be hard to scheme up a good game plan. So based on what we saw with Ken Dorsey last year, you want someone who can almost emulate what Josh can do and be that dual threat quarterback, because you're going to ask Ken Dorsey to completely flip the script. So I think PJ Walker makes sense from that standpoint. There is a Carolina ties there and we know how the pills love their Carolina guys. And then to your point about Ifedi, I think that would make sense too. If they want some more depth at right tackle. And then with Christian Kirksey, again, I'll just say this is a guy that's coming off 124 tackles with the Texans. I know the Texans were bad last year, but he did have 148 and 138 tackles in back-to-back years with Cleveland. So 286 tackles in two years. I think that's at least a body of veteran presence with the news of A.J. Klein being released and Balen Spector being hurt. They might look to fill that void by getting a proven veteran in that regard. Uh, I think you're right. I think you're dead on. Uh, So it's going to be something to monitor over the next 24 hours, what the bills do with all these waiver claims. And it's going to be interesting. I do think they go, I do think a quarterback PJ Walker does make sense. I think some of those younger guys that we've already pictured is going to be harder to, to, to get in on a Bailey Zappi or a Nathan Rourke or any of those guys who are more exposed in those situations. PJ Walker's 28. He does play a certain style ball be interesting to see what they do or if they want to try to find out if someone can go to the practice squad first, which might be way they're gearing, hoping that someone is, is going to start their bills journey there rather than them having to claim somebody, but we'll see, we'll see how this all turns out. There's a lot of players. I don't know how many quarterback moves there's going to be right now. So maybe the bills have a, a lucrative opportunity. Look, come play behind Josh Allen. You've seen others go out and get starting jobs from this. You don't have a lot of competition here. as QB two. You really don't come in practice squad QB three, and you're not far from, you know, if, if something goes haywire, um, being able to compete with Kyle Allen very early on and, and take that job. So it's, it is a good value prop there out to the quarterback. Same thing. I'm at a linebacker bill should have their pick of linebacker. If they so choose to go that way, the only difference is tackle. There's a lot of young talent. There's a lot of talent on the, on the offensive line that we don't like to talk about all the time. I don't know. That's going to be as big of a value prop there 
at the tackle spot as we think it is for somebody, especially with an entrenched starter. Um, but it is a value prop at the middle linebacker and at this QB two. So we'll see if any of that amounts to a player or not show sponsor underdog fantasy, get out there with the promo code cover one will match up to a hundred dollars of your deposit. Uh, really great fantasy system out there. Best balls. Amazing. Go out there and draft your team. Don't have to set your lineup. They will set it best ball for you. And as always, from the entire Cover One crew, we're excited to have Kevin Syracuse on board. Producer Kevin, we'll see more of his work. Uh, um, Kevin underscore uh, Syracuse on Twitter. So we're really excited for this season. we got a lot coming at you. Next week, Mike, it's time to maybe start looking into previewing the game. It will be just six days out the next time we speak. So we'll preview the Jets. Will we have a Jets guest? Do we have, do we have Ty? Do we have we, time? We, we will have a Jets guest for sure. Um, okay. So we're going to go behind the scenes. And I like to do the 30 minutes because I think it's a good time to get get the individual on. We chat, we, you know, we talk about them and then we kind of recap as a unit and kind of talk about what we see. So watch out for that show starting next week with a Jets uh, individual. And we'll, we'll let you know who, but usually I like to find someone pretty prominent in the Jets world. Maybe some and, picks too, Kevin, the season uh, overall record predictions, uh, Maybe yeah, the, the world is our board. oyster. The world is our oyster. We do have to do our record predictions. We generally do do them every year. So we'll have to get in our uh, score predictions. So yeah, so Jets guy for a little bit. I don't want to take up the whole show with it. Uh, maybe our season long projections, but it's, it's look, it's a pregame Tuesday next week. It'll be uh, real. officially a game it's week. Real, so um, we do have to talk about it. There, it's going to be tough to this, talk about this Jets offense as we haven't seen it a lot, but um, that's that is where we're going to rely on our Jets guests. Probably they're all very positive right now. So 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 uh, watch out for that uh, next week as I'm sure they're going to be very excited and positive as they've ever been with their playoff drought. So it will be something to break down and more. Um, but we'll we'll keep the hype in line. I promise you. I am not a Jets as Mike knows. I am not a Jets guy. I still think they're going to finish behind the Dolphins. But we'll talk about that next week on the going deep podcast and our, and we'll try to get in our season long projections as well. Uh, you know, shout out to Kevin. We appreciate everybody being here today on this jam packed show. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Please smash the like button for all of our content and for all of our on-demand listeners, five stars on Apple podcast and Spotify, Kevin, Mike, and Kevin will be right back at you next week. It's Kevin previewing the New York jets on a primetime Monday night football game. We'll see you in one week, 7 PM. Reimagine this holiday season with more capability and more adventure in Kia's EverReady lineup. This winter, gift yourself what you really want during Kia's Season of Giving Back sales event. Kia is offering great deals on the capable Sorento and the spacious Sportage, and deals on even more vehicles like the all-electric EV6 and the fun-to-drive Forte. So visit your local Kia dealer and explore all your newfound possibilities by enjoying Kia's Season of Giving Back. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Event ends one the world's got you feeling glazed over Sprinkle some love all around Just climb your way up out of that hole And you'll be the taste of the town Grab the one thing that everyone's loving And as it happens, they come by the dozen Everybody loves a donut Order a dozen from Dunkin'